Need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Max Verstappen took pole position for the Qatar Grand Prix this weekend when he can clinch the Drivers' World title tomorrow in the sprint. But this wasn't the qualifying for that. This was for Sunday. Tomorrow's is in the morning. That's called the sprint shootout. Lando Norris had two lap times deleted that would have been good enough for second on the front row. Uh, Piastri also had his lap time deleted in Q3 and dropped down the order. So the final leaderboard was Verstappen, Russell Hamilton, Alonso Leclerc, Piastri, Gasly on Bottas and Norris. The McLarens looked quick but couldn't stay within the white lines on a day when it looked slippery and slidey and sandy and yet Max Verstappen was very impressive as always. Didn't even need a second run in Q3. Joining me to discuss is our Grand Prix editor in Qatar, Alex Kalanorkas. What's it like there? Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, Martin. Hi, listeners. Um, I'm just going to take issue with you describing the sprint shootout as being in the morning tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. on it's very much not the morning very much in not. Qatar. It's nearly <laughs> night time. Like, it's yeah. the same time that we were out trackside for FP1. And it is, yeah, it, it went from, from dusk to night, to night time while we, while we were stood out there. So, uh, wow. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, 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 it's extremely hot. That's my, that's my main <laughs> takeaway. Uh, I'm back at my hotel now after qualifying and you can probably hear I'm and do apologise for this little bit nasally I had a bit of a mm. cold before I uh, headed off to Qatar uh, which was which was on its way away but because it's boiling hot here it's like over 40 degrees 42, 43 at times Wow! and then freezing cold in every building including the media <laughs> centre it's so cold that some people they've been giving out uh, like blankets to keep the journos warm if they're okay I actually quite like this like operating in a cold temperature but not when it's like going to mess with my uh, my immune system ever so slightly so apologies <laughs> oh, for that man. But, uh, oh man honestly honestly, the heat when we arrived we got I'm travelling yeah. with my colleague uh, Matt Q we walked out of the airport because we'd been flying he had his glasses on we walked out of a building and they steamed up. Now, as a fellow glasses wearer, and you, Martin, I've only ever had that when I've walked into a building, like yes. cold in the UK to a hot like pub or an office or something. Wow. It was just, I mean, honestly, I've been to some places. I've been to Riyadh in Saudi Arabia, Singapore. Nothing compares to this. It's, it's Singapore, it's like a wet heat here. It's mm. just pure hot. And it is, yeah, it's because obviously I've been here before. I came here in 2021, mm. a little bit later in the year, you know, heading sort of late November towards December. Made a, made a significant difference. So yeah, uh, hot is uh, is my is my is my unoriginal take on Qatar. And it really is the desert because it looked so slippery and slidey and sandy. And I say Max Verstappen didn't need a second run in Q3, but he was going for it and just went off the track like everybody else. Perez didn't end up in Q3 because he got his track times deleted. Double for Norris Piastri as well. Others really fell foul of that. It looked tough out there today. Like they were, you know, drivers were being asked, "Is your car set up?" in the right window and they're like I don't know we just turned up here had one practice session now we're qualifying and 
everyone's going off. It looked really hard today. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the wind is a massive factor. That yeah. I'm, I'm not sure how much that has been talked about. I was listening into the uh, sort of Channel 4 F1 TV coverage here at the track. And uh, yeah, it, it basically, it was interesting driving into the track this morning uh, and then away again back to my hotel, as I said, um, tonight. Uh, there are basically massive warnings <laughs> on all the motorway electronic boards saying high winds, like take care. Wow. And it's really, it's really interesting. You know, Max Verstappen said, yeah, it just made the car pretty unpredictable from corner to corner lap to lap because that combined with the big track evolution factor it just made it very very on the edge and unpredictable and what I observed uh, from FP1 from watching I was at turn 15 which sort of the inside of the uh, penultimate corner the sort of the the, the last of the very fast corners at the end of the lap was that uh, basically uh, if anybody went even slightly offline it was a plume of dust it looked like they'd hit a gravel trap but of course Mm. they hadn't it was just Mm. the sand on the surface so yeah sort of you know difficult because it's a very smooth track surface with very hard tires temperatures falling in qualifying and it just meant that the drivers were just you know lap to lap didn't really didn't really have it all uh, as they you know as gathered up as they normally would including Max Verstappen you say that Martin no he didn't he didn't need a second go in Q3 he abandoned it I said what happened there Max he said well I just tried something at turn four I think he just chucked it in you know, he knows how, he knows what the margin he has over the rest. So here we go. One last effort. Oh, it didn't quite come out. He had to catch a massive oversteer slide. So yeah, it can happen to the best of them. Uh, he's going to be a triple world champion tomorrow. So I don't think he'll be beating himself up too much, <laughs> especially considering he got pole anyway. Absolutely. Well, at one point, Russell was six tenths down and that was for second place. But the McLarens would have got faster times. But... It's not being debated here. It's not subjective. If you don't stay in within the white lines, lap time deleted, which I kind of like because it avoids any ambiguity. But I did feel for both the McLarens because they have genuinely got pace here. They seem quicker than the Mercedes, at least in qualifying trim. And they're definitely quicker than the Ferraris. And uh, But the drivers couldn't keep it. And, and you know, Norris said on the radio afterwards, oh, I'm so you know, terrible, different word he used, sometimes uh, very self-deprecating there. We've heard that from Leclerc in the past, haven't we, in Azerbaijan? And it's interesting because the Formula One drivers are usually so self-assured, but I think that's why we like this new breed of uh, some of the new drivers, uh, don't we? So yeah, it finally lines up on Sunday anyway, Verstappen, Russell, Hamilton, which two years ago would have been a, uh, well, of course, Russell wasn't in the team, but would have been a very juicy front two rows. Um, But this year, as you say, Verstappen will have the title tied up unless disaster happens tomorrow he needs three points hey you know what you and i made a video earlier this week and we got some comments i mean hey read the comments at your peril i know you don't these days actually uh but from people saying oh why are you guys talking about whether he'll win during the sprint it doesn't matter he won it months ago and it's like well but if we don't talk about when the world champion is crowned aren't we just that's like a dereliction of our duty we can't not talk about when he's going to be the world champion um people that wasn't a big i think it's interesting to talk about is he going to be the champion in a sprint uh, or not is that a discussion topic there where you are in qatar uh, it has been yeah max is pretty pretty vocal on on things like that i mean i'd i'd say in response well we're journalists <laughs> it's our job to talk about the most interesting thing and unfortunately because this has been such a terrible formula one season that was the most interesting thing before we flew to qatar so yeah that's the obvious reason genuinely we're, is we're like, doing I'm, our jobs sorry youtube commenters that video's had tens of thousands of views and I'm the handful sorry. of <laughs> the handful of people who bother to uh, say oh why are they talking about this it doesn't matter i think it is interesting because of course it makes sunday all academic but it's not is it because max verstappen wants to win every single time he goes out in a in a racing car and and he said you know look 
no matter what, whether I can win the world title tomorrow doesn't change anything for me because you know he asked it's the classic question does your approach change and you're never going to get a different answer from Max Verstappen it's it's just and and also that just reflects his character you know there's there's also also a bit of chat about you know would he potentially let Sergio Perez win a race to help him be P2 in the constructors champion uh, sorry in the drivers championship within the year of course he wouldn't he's Max Verstappen it's just not in his nature Uh, (laughs) you know that's that's for for another time to discuss whether that's good or bad but I, I think that just reflects his character but yeah I think um, let, let's go back to the the McLaren drivers, Martin, because mm. you're right. I think you know again. Okay, okay right. As as journalists, as as as, uh, <laughs> as presenter and reporter, we got to th- think about the the big talking points. And again, it's track limits is a big talking point. And it was interesting. Just sat in the press conference, uh, Lewis Hamilton suggested that the curbs that they've installed here the bike riders seem to be happy with them the formula one drivers sort of like them at least compared to other places so use this this process elsewhere other tracks and that could you know that could solve the track limits debate and i'm like no lewis no i'm sorry but this is exactly what formula one needs okay Mm. some tracks you have a lot of track limits issues so what okay fine just keep it simple. It got absolutely ridiculous when the curbs became the edge of the track, only curbs at certain corners, 2021. It just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just, at some tracks it's an, it's an issue, at some tracks it's not. George Russell, I'm fairly sure I have heard a bit people talking in the media centre here. No track limits problems in Austria during that farce. No track limits problems here. Max Verstappen, not really an issue for him. I know he sort of fell off and went wide, but that was a clear error. It's not like he was pushing the track limits. In total, 22 drivers throughout qualifying. And I just think, ah, it happens. And and the McLaren drivers, Norris in particular, accepted it. You know, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to say it outright, Martin, when uh, when asked by uh, a TV reporter, how do you feel after that session? He said, shit. Because he, he, front, he fronted up, with, up to it. He, said, he really did. He the really team, did. The team have done a great job and I didn't. And I like that. I like honesty in my sports people. And I think, uh, I think that shows good signs from Norris. So, Absolutely. yeah. Another talking point about track limits, but but so what? It's just this way it's got to be, I'm afraid. And McLaren is the talking point of the season in the run-in now because they have just developed that car so impressively, missing their winter performance targets and then coming back to be genuinely the second quickest on pace uh, in the latter half of the season at times. Lando Norris, I want to get your take on this, uh, said that McLaren faces its hardest task now going into 2024. Despite having an amazing track record recently of bolting bits on that seems to have worked, correlation between the wind tunnel, you know, new wind tunnel getting validated and what seems to be long-term fantastic driver lineup. If you look at the joint strengths of drivers, you would argue that going forward. Norris Piastri, they stay friends. Uh, It's going to be an amazing driver's partnership. And yet he says the hardest work is still to come, pointing fingers at Mercedes, saying they're not going to miss it once again. Well, they have a couple of years in a row. What do you make about, is that just talking them down and the competition up to deflect? What do you think? No, it's. It, I think it's interesting. I think it's 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 realism from Lando because you've got a great example in the this Formula One season itself with Aston Martin. You know what a massive gain that team made over the winter and really not been able to sustain it. Now we know there's at certain teams uh, interests uh, from from various parties, including the FIA, about potential flexi wing things that were going on that have been modifications have been made and, and various bits Aston say you know look tight lipped let's put it that way about <laughs> it but there's no doubt that in terms of the, if you just look at the sort of the simplistic they made a great big winter gain and the others have caught them up over the rest of the season and McLaren 
were the next team to do that incredibly impressive gain. Uh, They did it in season. Now it's on them to sustain that over the off season. But what I would say with Lando is it's very interesting. Go back and look at his comments about when the, uh, the wind tunnel renovation they've done at McLaren was revealed. He actually said, you know, it's the same wind tunnel that they had and they had to stop using and go and use the Toyota wind tunnel for what a decade and uh, and all Mm. that time. They've just refurbished it. So is it definitely going to be, you know, the right size and all the models and everything you know i'm sure they've they're, they're talking it up so i'm sure they are but let's not forget it might have the same constraints maybe i don't know maybe that's a thought maybe that's what's going on but it's it's a big investment project that mclaren have committed to so you would think that they're you know not going to have made a, a, any silly errors on it but yeah i mean i i personally think given the way andrea stella seems to be uh, running that team the way he uh, explains everything the confidence he has that yeah, it just seems like a team going places and they've got the track record at the moment and it's up to them to deliver next year. Uh, looking down, Alonso 4th, Stroll 17th. We saw Stroll punching the wall of the garage in just pure frustration. Any stories behind that that we missed why Stroll was so slow? Uh, a combination of things. I think, you know, first of all, uh, punching the wall is, is not a great look, but drivers mm. did do it. It was more the brushing off of his trainer in such a, yeah. such a dismissive manner that's just, that's not great. Um but yeah, the, the suggestion is coming from the paddock that look, Alonso can cope with the balance, the car handling balance demands, and Stroll can't. It's really exposed something in 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 Stroll there. You know, of course, at the beginning of the season, I think he he, he deserved a lot of uh, praise for for how well he did with those with those broken wrists. And but since he's yes. become fully healthy again, it's just not closed up as you would expect with a with a fully fit driver. So yeah, I think it's just I think he just can't handle the car in the same way Alonso does. We know what the top driver is like. You know, Max Verstappen, uh, Lewis Hamilton, Charles Leclerc. It's being able to cope with the rear end in the super fast corners, and we see it with Sergio Perez again out in Q two in the Red Bull. When it comes to the quick corners, the, the, the lesser drivers, I'm sorry to say, but it's true, uh, lesser of very good, because we maintain this about Formula One drivers, we, we do think they're all very good. It's just slightly different shades of very good. Uh, yeah. They're exposed and, and Stroll has massively been this season and it raises massive questions for Aston Martin about, you know, yeah. can they continue to have an unbalanced driver lineup? They've just announced uh, a Valkyrie hypercar project in the World Endurance Championship. And you've got to say, based on his results, of late, that's where Stroll should be driving. And if they're serious about winning world titles, they need another Alonso caliber or even better driver in the other car. And and he won't be immune to that criticism. And again, I hate to bring up the comment section, but I made a video for that WEC news with our sports car guru, Gary Watkins. And yeah, again, you know, lots of views on that, but a handful of comments from people varying from, hey, this would be a great move in 25 to, oh, daddy's just doing this so that daddy's little boy's got someone to drive. And you think, well, you know, he can't be immune to that criticism and he's not performing at the level that he knows he wants to be. Right, before we leave you, uh, it was a, a case of some big names going out in Q2. Like I say, we lost Science in the Ferrari. We lost Perez getting a lap time deleted. Albon was really pushing, went off, uh, but still got into the, to Q2. A sergeant just missed out on going into Q3. But be interesting, the two Alpines up in the top 10. Uh, final question for you, of course, this all this discussion is all about the Grand Prix on Sunday. Sprint shootout happens next on track. What can we expect from that? What does it mean in terms of will the cars simply hit the track as we left them today? You know, there are points on offer, obviously, for the sprint, but it's not huge. McLaren drivers will probably want to look at a little bit of redemption in that sprint shootout and in the sprint as well. What can we take for what's going to happen on Saturday? So yes and no in terms of things being the same. I mean, 
the track is still the same layout. Uh, it still suits the Red Bull. So Max Verstappen, of course, is the overwhelming favourite. What the difference is, is that the sprint shootout qualifying will take pace at pretty much the same time as FP1 did today. So that means the temperatures will be much higher. Uh, again, the wind will probably likely be a factor. So that could well, you could well get a, a, a significant shake up of people getting it wrong, getting it right uh, at the at the crucial times. I, you know, it's, 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 it's logic, isn't it? You you expect Verstappen uh, to still end up ahead, but the ch- the big swing in temperature could could shake things up, even even for Max, uh, but more likely for people behind him. Mega, thank you so much. Our Grand Prix editor Alex Kalanokas. You can read all the coverage online, autosport.com, and of course follow our socials as well. And here on the podcast, we'll be here on Saturday, and uh, with actually our. Edit, our chief editor Kevin Turner to talk about we think uh, this year's world champion after the sprint tomorrow night and of course join us for the Sunday podcast as well as we do the Qatar Grand Prix race review with our man Matt Q thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one Podcast Network. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.